Ramble. If if my relationship with Defy Media wasn't that great and I didn't feel passionate about going to my job, I wasn't necessarily hurting Defy Media. I was like hurting my friends. We're aware like Smosh is white as fuck. This has been a conversation for years. I don't know, you take more ownership when it's like your channel and your name, you know what I mean? And like now that I see it, it was like, it was yours and Anthony's and like you guys like had to kind of trust us with something that you guys have built. What's the creepiest thing you've had to do in audition? Take my shirt off. Like we just wanna make sure you don't have weird nipples. Yeah, well that sucks cause I do. <laughs> <laughs> well, hello everybody and welcome to another Smosh cast. Today I am joined by two very, very lovely humanoids, Noah Grossman and Olivia Sway. Ayo, ayo. Hi. Hello, guys. How are you? Noah, I swear every time I see you, your hair changes. And the next time you see it, it'll be different again. I tried to bleach it so I could put Whoa. color. I got to bleach it another time. It came oh out. It came out kind of ramen-y. Yeah. Dude. It's like a yeah. ramen. Yeah. You should, you, yeah, you should get the old uh, Justin Timberlake hair. <laughs> Noah, how are you bleaching your hair? Like by yourself? Uh, my girlfriend does it. Wow. Wow. Yeah, she isn't colors that, it too. Isn't that hard like to get it down to the the root? Like, yeah. Doesn't that burn? I mean, I've done it a few times. A couple of times it's been uncomfortable, but uh one or two times I would say like maybe a light chemical burn, but <laughs> but nothing nothing to be, you know, worried about. I'm digging this room you're in, Noah. For the people that are just listening and aren't watching this video, Noah built a uh podcast room in his place. It looks like it, 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 like it reminds me of like a Nickelodeon set. Yeah, it does. Thank you. That is like, I've gotten that a couple of times and that is the biggest compliment you could give me because that's like all I watched when I was a kid. So it's like colorful Nickelodeon. No, I, for, I don't know if I should bring this up right now, right here, but ugh, you needed me to do something for you and I totally forgot. Oh, you're fine. You're fine. Uh, Courtney stepped up uh, and I got a couple of other friends. So it totally worked out. I hit you guys up if you were available but it was also super short notice. Yeah, I'm so sorry. No, no, really not a thing. I'm a terrible friend. Thank you. You're For not. For all the you're listeners, not, yeah, you're I not. am. <sighs> uh, uh, all right. This is when we <laughs> reveal that Olivia is a terrible human being that that just flakes on people's plans. Honestly, I don't think you've ever. Wedding. I don't think you've ever flaked. Have you ever flaked? There's no flaking if you don't make plans. You know. <laughs> ain't flaking if you ain't making is what I yep. always say. Yeah. Yep. Um, no, it's I don't ever, I don't ever flake on plans. I don't know why. I mean, unless, I don't know. I feel like once I commit to like something, especially with a friend, I, it's hard for me to say I'm not going to make it. Yeah. You've never flaked on anything I've invited you to because you've always declined the things that I invite you to. <laughs> so, so it's no, but that's better. That's, right? that's so much better than, than, you know, cause I'm like, Hey, do you want to like, we're, we're going out. The, tonight to a restaurant you're like oh i can't like i'm going i already have like a thing with my friends but that's that's actually true i usually have like yeah. plans already i don't yeah. like i'm not the type of person that's gonna make an excuse for something although let me think it's been so long for me to even do that because we've been in a pandemic so yeah i don't remember the last time i've done that <sighs> yeah also like i see the people that i need to see that i have to see because i love them so much and I miss them so much, but other people, I just, I don't know. 
just don't really see them. That was that was one of my favorite episodes of uh, Kirby Enthusiasm. It's like his mom dies or something, and he realizes that he can get out of any sort of plan by just saying like, "I can't. My my mom died." So he just starts using it like a like a weapon. Like yeah. Whenever somebody asks him to do something, he's like, "I I wish I could, but like my my mom just died." There's a Amy Schumer sketch where she finds out that her friend has cancer or a very debilitating um, sickness, hmm. and she uses that and is like, "My friend has cancer." Oh well, that's that's new. Amy Schumer stealing jokes. That's never happened before. I don't know anything about that. I think I think I think it is like like yeah, that's the joke. But I think what is it called? Like parallel? It is parallel thinking. But I don't know. Yeah. Well, now that but I like, have you know, a it's dog, it's like a writer's rooms. You know. Now that I don't, you feel like when you have a pet, you can do that too. Like, oh, my dog threw up again. I mean, you have a puppy, so you could use that as an excuse to get out of anything. But I like, can't. You just can't be left alone. That, but that's honestly true, though. But honestly, I'm not getting invited anywhere because I'm like we're in a pandemic. Yeah, it's not safe. Yeah, like the only things that like I'm really like going to are really nothing. Bed, <laughs> bed. I can't yeah. go to bed. I'm sorry, Sam. I'm sorry. No. Grizzy's shitting everywhere again. <laughs> I've got a better one than dog because with dog, you still, you know, it might grow up. You got to prove something. Just say you can't, you're being haunted. Oh. Look at that. I can't do it. I'm being haunted. <laughs> I can't prove it. I just, I know, I feel it. I can't. I'm so sorry. I can't be there. I'm being haunted. I like that. That's because, so weird. Yeah, but you can't disprove it. I'm afraid to get in the car because every time I do, it acts really weird because I'm being haunted. I honestly feel like my <laughs> friends would probably call like a doctor to come visit me. They'd be like, I'll that. bring the sage and the crystals. Mm -hmm. They'll be like, we're gonna, she's not okay. We're going to fuck this ghost up. We're going to fuck this ghost. <laughs> yeah, with sage and crystal. Yeah. <laughs> Wow, this place is so relaxing now. I gotta go next door. Yeah, you you can't you can't tell somebody in LA that you're that you're haunted because nine times out of ten they're gonna be prepared with some sort of countermeasures <laughs> right. for supernatural things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. If I felt like I was being haunted, I would do like a precision strike on my poltergeist. You know, a lot of people just go to like one priest or you know bring i would get every possible religion near me that believes in ghosts and, and has any sort of method and all at once i would be like strike and they would all pray at the same time in my house that's the only way to guarantee that it's gone so it's kind of like it's kind of like you can make a reality tv show out of it like, <laughs> which religion is the best at expelling a supernatural <laughs> yeah being? yeah but every I'd case watch it we go and we interview a haunted house and then we have 14 experts <laughs> all in the house as well to give differing opinions on what to do. One priest, one rabbi, one shaman, <laughs> one witch doctor. Any mom, one, <laughs> one Scientologist. One Aaron. One hipster <laughs> chick with sage. One lady from Silver Lake. Mm -hmm. I like Aaron. What is Aaron going to do about that? Exactly. What is Aaron going to do about that? <laughs> and is it Aaron with two A's or one E? Oh, mm. it's going to be two A's, an Aaron and a Karen. Oh. <laughs> Karen might get that ghost out. The wombo combo, as they call it. So Noah, can you explain Can you explain why you've built a, a podcast studio in your house? Because yeah, it looks pretty rad. Thank you. This is uh, So it's half done. This is one of the walls. I have one to my right that I won't show until it's finished because it looks... Half done, mm. but uh, but yeah, during quarantine, I decided to uh, 
build a little podcast studio for myself so I could kind of shoot my own things, but also have a place to do self-tapes uh, that had my lights and things like that. You're going to do your self-tape against that wall? No, 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 no. <laughs> I do it against a different wall with a moving blanket. Oh, it's just okay. a black so background. like, yeah. whoa. Yeah. They'll oh. definitely hire you. Yeah, at least yeah. they'd remember you. Yeah. Like, isn't that one of the rules of auditions is like, you want to wear something that they like remember you by? <laughs> I don't know. So I always, always go with a graphic tee. I wear the same green t green t-shirt, unfortunately. Yeah. I remember I somebody when we did auditions for when we did auditions for Smosh, the same auditions that that you guys got got hired in. Oh, yes. This girl came in and I think we've already told this story before, yeah. but she came in like an R2D2 dress and I was like I was like, "Oh, that's that's rad. That's awesome." And then we we uh we called her back to to see her again and she was wearing it again <laughs> and i was like ah, ha, ha. all right ah. same <laughs> same dress but yeah apparently that's that's like one of the like and i don't know i would have i would have thought that you guys would i have no idea this. to wear this you guys have outfit. done a million more auditions than i have right i, I feel, feel like, like yeah i guess i've worn the same but I also kind of wear the same shirt. I mean, it depends what role it is. You mm. know? Yeah, I've never booked anything super important. So like anytime I've gotten to like a test stage, which is still far from booking it, I've worn what I wore the time before. So like a third round audition to like a, a test or something like that, I'd wear the same thing, but that's few times. And it wasn't successful, so. Have you ever like auditioned for a role where you're like, <laughs> like a construction person and you wore like a hard hat in your audition? Like is that is that frowned is that like frowned upon, like to like if you're going out for like a police a police person role, you like wear like you carry a nightstick in your audition. No. So, yeah, not at all. I've seen in like <laughs> called cattle call auditions where it's just a lot of people. So exactly that. If you're going for construction worker, they might see you know 600 people in a day. I don't, that will never happen again, obviously, because of the future. But yeah, you would see maybe three people out of all of it show up in a costume, and you never do that unless it's stated specifically, and they will <laughs> rarely state that at all. They might give you what you they want you to look like, so you might end up with all, you know, they're looking for someone to be like a hot Carl's Jr. girl, so you'll end up with 400 people all looking similar, but mm -hmm. they're not, you know, wearing a Carl's Jr. outfit or anything like they... <laughs> That's like that's a play. Like you're you're going to Halloween. What's uh, the most what's the most you guys have dressed up for an audition? I've had to be in ballerina outfit. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, because we had to I think it stated that we had to be on be like on point and in ballerina clothes. Oh. That was back when you were doing ballet. Yeah. But I also think it's it's helpful like if your clothing helps enhances your character. It's a character choice. And I think I heard from someone, an actor, say that a lot of times they will change their shoes to match what character. I don't know. It, it's some famous actor. I probably Shia LaBeouf or something. I don't know. <laughs> but it's like it's like, yeah, they change like little minute like things to um help them enhance like what shoes this character would wear. I guess well I've been doing self tapes and I just wear socks now in my self tapes. Just socks, nothing else. Nothing else. Completely naked. <laughs> only socks. Um I feel like I've seen that picture. But I also only angle the uh the camera down to my socks. Okay, great. So doing it's, a lot of foot acting. A lot of foot acting. Oh, gross. Wicked feet. 
I didn't like foot acting. That made me uncomfortable because like yeah. someone has that skill. Like they've uh-huh. done a, a little puppet show or something where they've made their foot the character and they yeah. technically have worked on foot acting. That's unbelievable. Actually, that that brings up that brings up another thing. Have you guys ever auditioned for something where they where wanted to see seemed, my feet? <laughs> well, where it seemed like they have you ever gone to like an audition that it was just like a guy wanted to like where it was like fake? You thought maybe it was a fake audition? No, no. Yeah. But I've also never gone to auditions that aren't legitimately solicited. That's so true. either That's something true. that like an agency would find or like Casting Frontier. Yeah. There what's is the a creepiest? lot of shady stuff out there, but what's the I've creepiest thing you've had to do in audition that you can speak of? Did you have Take to show my your shirt feet? off? That's about it. For like, How old know, were a you? Water park or something. Maybe twelve, maybe fourteen. <laughs> like we just want to make sure you maybe don't have weird nipples. Yeah, well that sucks because I do. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have weird nipples, you just have small nipples. There's a very big They're difference. like little pennies. Oh, thank it's you. really cute. Yeah, yeah, smaller than pennies. And it's funny got, how like we know this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We I feel like we figured it out pretty quickly. I see, I think I have weird nipples. I, I, think I don't know how yours looks like. I know how I don't like, think so. I know how Noah's and Keith's look like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you guys both have like small nipples. That's like yeah. how you guys bonded first off. Yeah. So we nipple cute. touched the first day. <laughs> no, not at all. No, I don't think you have weird nipples, Ian. I'm trying to think about your nipples now, which is a good sentence to say. And I yeah. don't think so. I can't really think about them, but no. I well, that's because I, I have a lot of, I, I, I let my, my chest hair grow out. So now now my nipples don't stand out as much as they used to. Mm. I had no idea you had chest hair. Yeah, man. I got it. Oh, this is so sad. This means that we haven't seen each other in so long. Yeah. Mm. I know that we see grow. each other like, on, like not wearing clothes, but it's uh-huh. just like I I miss seeing your guys' bodies. Well, around this time, it would have been Smosh Summer Games, which would have had a belly flop competition. Yeah. Wow. Which, which is I would, would participate in because I still don't know how to swim yet. Yeah, you tried once and then you were screamed at. Yeah. Yeah. Whoa, that was so. You fun. took like you took lessons. How many lessons did you go to? One because I was terrified to go back. Yeah, her instructor, your instructor was very mean to you. But I didn't, but you know, the thing is I didn't mind it. I'm I'm hardly ever like terrified of like, I'm not really like intimidated by people unless they're like really intimidating. And mm. I realized that I think that was just her like tone. She was so direct and like, I didn't care because you know, growing up in an Asian family, like everyone's very like direct, you know. Also so, like ballet, I would assume that's also. Yeah, pretty, like, like very direct. Rigorous. So it's not like she, no, she told me to get in the pool. <laughs> she was like, get in the pool. I'm like, I can't. She was like, get in the pool. I'm like, I can't. Okay, fine. Did you manage to float a little bit? Yes, I had to. Oh. <laughs> or I would well, have drowned. Uh, well, congrats. Yes. You you figured out half of the part of swimming. Yes. And you know what? That experience <laughs> is great because you don't always have to get a good job, you know? Mm-hmm. That's so overrated. It's a lot easier to swim in the ocean. You should No, nope, not doing that. Was that a bit? I'll- I guess it's easier, but also harder because you could get dragged out. I have almost died so many times in the ocean. <laughs> yeah. What? So many float, times. But you could float better. Because it's a little salty, I guess. Yeah. But there's like waves and like yeah, there's undercurrents. Yeah, you could definitely you could definitely water. easily die in the ocean. Don't listen to my advice. Well, well, what about when you Olivia? Like you guys, you guys took like a boat out Italy. In the, yeah, in the ocean I, I in always, Italy. 
I always get a um a life a, vest. A life vest. A life oh, vest. Oh, that's smart. I yeah. mean, honestly, like I, I mean, as as dorky as as they may seem, like it's it's so important to like that's, wear those you, things. You know what I realized that I was I had a life vest on, and then my and then Sam and like our friends were like, "Wait, can I get a little bit of that?" Like they're like, "Can we hop on?" Because like <laughs> I guess floating by without it is hard. I don't know. I'm not really sure, but they really liked it. They're like, "Oh, this is so much better." Having yeah. like a floating mm-hmm. thing. I mean, like after the the Naira Vera thing, like where I'm from Sacramento, there's like this big river. Yeah. Um, that goes through. And it and it seems like relatively calm, but all the water is like snowmelt water. It's really cold. People die in that thing every year. Like Wait, wow. why? A bunch of people die in that river. Why do they die in that river? Well, it's a river. Well, because they underestimate the power of the river or they they don't expect it to be so cold. So I was like looking it up and drownings are like the second leading cause of like deaths for like young people, second only to like car accidents. And I was like, how did I not know like that this is like that dangerous? But it's like, I guess one one of the things is like, you know, if you're jumping into cold water, like really cold water, sometimes it could like give your body a shock and you can kind of like freeze up. Yeah, and it's and hard that's, to, every time I'm in like really cold water, I'm like, like I'm like, I can't breathe. Yeah. Like my breathing gets really weird because my body is in shock. So yeah, I can't even imagine. But- Tons of people drown in lakes. Like it seems super calm and everything, but if you're not an experienced swimmer, like you could tire out really quickly. Yeah. So you're saying if if people wore a life vest, yeah. That they won't drown. I well, think yeah, not to speculate on you know her death specifically, but yeah. from my own experience, like life has both saved my life and almost ended my life when I almost died banana boating in Mexico <laughs> a long, long time ago because I flew off the boat and I hit my head on the connecting rod. I think I've told this story before, but I hit my head hard enough where I essentially like blacked out really quick. Wow. But I ended up um, underneath the banana boat, stuck there, and I couldn't move because my life preserver was holding me up against the bottom of the oh device itself. God. So luckily they drove to try to find me and that like made me pop <laughs> out from underneath. Out. But I was even like still the friction was like dragging me with it a little bit. Oh, so like shit. in her situation, for all we know, like the yeah. life preserver could like, she could have accidentally come up underneath the boat, not knowing it hit her head on the boat, something like that. And then now yeah. be stuck underneath because of the life preserver. Damn it. Where in most case scenarios, like 99, more than that. Yeah. 999,000 out of a million. But you could also take it off, no? Yeah, yeah. Unless she were to have hit her head or something, and then she would be stuck there. Sure. Which is like possible speculation. Yeah. Obviously, it's just that speculation. (laughs) Yeah, I think, you know, life life vests, like, you know, they are dorky as hell, but I'd rather be alive than looking cool and hot and sexy. Trust me, I like I had so much fun in the ocean wearing a life vest. <laughs> it's fun because you don't really have to work that hard. You just yeah, kind of jump in. Ew. The only it, thing that sucks is like when you jump into the water and you're wearing a life vest and you're like, because <laughs> yeah, like the, yeah. the vest doesn't oh, want to yeah. sink. <laughs> so you kind of like, it's like a kind of chokes you a little bit. Yeah, 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 it does. But it's fun. You feel like a little kid, you know? With floaties. We should bring, we should, you know what we should do? We should, we should make floaties for adults. Like make them like cool. How are you going to make a floaty cool? I'm all down. All it down is cool. with the idea. I don't understand. How is it not cool to have a floaty? I think 
I think it's great. I mean, it's necessary Maybe get, like, for a me. Straw with like a margarita <laughs> that's like built into the floaty. Some flames Maybe. on I it. I could see that. Yeah. Because for me, I feel like the issue with floaties is definitely getting them on your arms. I don't know if this matters or not, but when they're wet, I just, I wore floaties for so long as a little kid. Mm-hmm. Like I remember distinctly how they feel coming on and off. I hated that. I love it. It's the only thing I know. It's the only life I live. <laughs> well, guys, how has life been this, like this past year? Because obviously- Obviously, a lot has happened. As I'm sure many people listening already know, you guys are are more of like a freelancers with with Smosh, where you have more time for your own projects. So, how how do you guys like that, and how has that changed since the pandemic? Are you scared you're going to cause a third wave if you do that? Yeah, I'm. A, I'm a, it's like it's kind of like uh, who's the thing where you say the name three times? A bloody candy Mary. Man? Beetlejuice, Candyman too. Beetlejuice. Okay, Beetlejuice. Yeah. So uh, yeah, if I said red rum, I want to go mm-hmm. home. I think you also got to click those heels. When we came back with uh, with Mythical, we kind of we kind of spoke with you know all of you guys and kind of got the idea of like what what you wanted to do, like how much time you you wanted, like what what, what do you see as like the the benefits and the the cons to um, taking on more of like a like a freelance sort of position. You want to go first, Olivia? I'm I don't thinking know. about my answer I because I, I I wanted to be the president of Smosh and that didn't happen. So you know, <laughs> I know you even you had this whole entire succession plan and it even I involved did. hiring an assassin. I know. Yeah, you were Logan Roy and I was Kendall. And didn't happen, dude. I guess uh, on the shorthand, the the quickest way to describe it would be like less money, more time, which both have positives and negatives to it. That that's I think the the quickest way to summarize it with the extra time. As an entertainer, if you take a you know full time position or or a you know a freelance position, you're you're sort of weighing two different types of opportunities, right? When you're when you're taking on something full time, you're you're dedicated to just that sort of like one thing for the most part. So there's still there's still obviously opportunities there being more dedicated to that one thing. But when you're working freelance then you then you have other other opportunities, right? Yeah, 100%. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for myself just in the the grand scheme of things like uh having the opportunity to both go on full time but also have the opportunity to do freelance um I think in both situations. I think obviously when I first hopped into the job um, in signing like a large contract with Defy Media and kind of the issues with that relationship that bleed into other relationships. But I think it led me to both that it was a first experience for me, first time working in the real world, first time also getting like a true education in what I want my job to be. And also just the requirements of the job itself. I think it led me to obviously like not be the best employee that I could be. Um, I think I still completed my job and was able to help. Obviously, I don't think that I was the best I could have been. Yeah, not not that I wanted to hurt Defy Media or anything like that. Just just that if if my relationship with Defy Media wasn't that great um, and I didn't feel passionate about going to my job, I wasn't necessarily hurting Defy Media. I was like hurting my friends. So in that way, I was a little immature and a little not as productive as I could have been full time. So freelance, I think, leads me to be able to hop in and give my 100% in these areas where I know that I can give my 100%. I do miss the full-time element, not just like obviously seeing my friends, but um, writer's rooms are probably one of the best things that I had the opportunity to do at Smosh. And like the the head writer and all of our writers there are 
literally unbelievable people. And I just really appreciate the opportunity to just like soak in what they were doing. Um, not that like I was ever handed anything huge and like a huge responsibility, but I was given enough to kind of start to cut my teeth, but also it was a small team. We were working so hard and under such specific conditions, you know, internet production type stuff where you end up being able to just see people under stress when they're happy, when they're not, when they're working hard. Like you, you get to soak in so much about what someone else's job is and mm -hmm. what they're going through that um, I, I really felt or feel like I learned so much from, from Smosh just through osmosis, which is amazing. I don't know but, if that answered the question, but that's how I feel. I mean, it's all, it's all a, a personal experience. Like it's, it's, it's how you took, you know, what was, what was given. Something like this has never been done on digital, like bringing in a, a, a bunch of people as, you know, turning a group of people into YouTube creators on an already established channel. You ask somebody like, you know, uh, seven years ago, what is like, what is Smosh? They're like, well, it's, it's Ian and Anthony. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I mean, you still get the confusion from people to this day mm -hmm. being like, wait, what? Yeah. And it's, and, and yeah, cause nobody, that's not like an established thing of like having other people come onto the channel. So our initial plan was, was, you know, bring in five people and teach them how to be creators and then they'll be creators like us. We were definitely, I guess, foolhardy. Would that be the right word? Where, where I think we didn't understand like everyone's individual drives, you know, because like Anthony and I knew what drove us to be creators. We sort of shaped Smosh into what it was just because that's what drove us. We just kind of assumed that that could apply to everybody, but that's just not the case. And I think I think that's something that we've gotten better at where we now can kind of see everyone's strengths and try to apply it in that way. And obviously try to make everyone look good in the process. I think and I think that's I think that's one thing that that I think we have done well is just making sure that nobody nobody like under smosh fails. Like like it's our it's our job to like make you guys look good. And that's number one. Thank you. I've I've always felt that support. You know, um, I don't think I was seen that like well when I first started Smosh because the comments were like, "Well, Olivia seems disconnected," and stuff like that. Hmm. And um, it's because I never knew that this job was like me being myself because I don't think myself is. And I've said this many times that I didn't grow up with like watching vlogs or YouTubers, you know, I I joined this because I thought I was going to be acting a lot. And then it became more like, oh, and you got to like showcase this fun personality of yours. And I was like, and then I didn't understand that at all. And nor was I really even given the um, like the information hmm. about that. So I felt like maybe my first few months at Smosh or on screen was like, I didn't realize that I seemed disconnected when I thought I, this is how normal people behave in a room. Like if we're playing <laughs> games, like, okay, like I'm not trying to make jokes with my friends every second because I didn't get it, you know? Right, um, now right. I do and it's really annoying um, people now. Just kidding. <laughs> They're like, stop it. <laughs> but but yeah, I, I didn't feel like I was showcasing like a person that people wanted to see, you know? Yeah. So, but then I also think this job 
has been the best thing ever because now I know, like I thought I knew that I wanted to be an a- I wanted to be an actor and blah, blah, blah. But this job has realized that I want to be a creator. I want to be a writer. I want to be a producer because essentially that's, those were the tasks we were given. And I fell in love with that aspect, like creating an idea, creating a show, like the collaborative efforts and making something awesome more than just being talent, you know, being behind the scenes, working really hard towards that. Like I, now I see it in a completely different light. Do you think, do you think you realize that more during, during the downtime between Defy and, and coming back with Mythical, you started, you started uploading more to your channel. Um, yes, but in a way like working at Defy, working in our bubble, we got to pitch jokes. We got to write jokes. Like I just felt I loved it. I loved writing something and then see it come to life and seeing my coworkers laugh. Yeah, I, I love that. I don't know. Um, and then maybe that's yeah, maybe that's just something that I never that I never picked up that you that you like the sort of 360 of it all. I do. And I, like that was because of working at Smosh. I was like, oh, my God, I love doing this. I love, you know, how would it be like if I directed this, you know, in my brain, all these gears are turning like, oh, like this is how our director is directing this. How would I in my brain envision how the scene looks? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So I started thinking about all those different things. And yeah, and it became like I love acting. I love performing. But there's so much other so many other elements that I'm also really passionate about. In the downtime, I was sort of busy too. I think I was auditioning you took a lot. On, you took on some some like legit acting roles too, right? Yeah, yeah. I was doing indie films. And it's really funny because this morning I turned down this indie film. They oh. needed me for two weeks. Wow. Yeah. And Ooh. and one big reason, it's funny enough, is because I know that for those two weeks, you guys would need me at Smosh. Oh. And I kind of thought about it. And I was like, well, I'm going to be now introduced to a whole new crew and cast. But I should also I also hold the responsibility of I'm also at Smosh. And I rather put a, my efforts in and quarantining myself for this company rather than something that I'm not really like passionate right. about. Do you know what I mean? Right. Yeah. I weighed my options and I was like, well, this right now is like really important to me. And like, mm-hmm. I know that, you know, right now how we're filming, there's not a lot of, this is like a weird time. We're in a pandemic. So it's like, I'm so I need to be there for my, like, I don't know, for my people that I like really care about yeah. and my job that I really care about rather than introducing myself to a new set. And Noah, you've, I mean, you also, you made a couple really funny videos during during the downtime. Oh, thank you. God, what was the one with that kid from like America's Got Talent? Oh my God. Is that where he's from? Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, Americana. That was, that was fun. That was my first attempt at like writing something, I guess, for someone else because his dad randomly messaged me. <laughs> and I was just like, yeah, I'll make anything with anyone. Let's like try to do it. I would give it like a six out of 10, but in the way that I wholeheartedly think the jokes are super funny and it's just like what it is, which is like a YouTube sketch. And I got more to learn, but I think it's still fun. Thank you. Like, because both of you guys, I feel like you, when Defy shut down and things got kind of jumbled up, like both you guys did something similar, but not like you guys both went off to kind of like, you know, 
try your hand at like solo creator type things. I mean, for for me, I think that's I think that's so important because it it gives you an appreciation for all the aspects of of you know video making because mm-hmm. <laughs> it's tough. Yeah. It's really tough. Yeah. If I could turn back time and 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 do all the aspects of making YouTube videos again, I would not. <laughs> but I certainly respect the people that do. It's just so much work. How did you guys feel being in complete control of your of your content? Are you still doing that? Are you still going towards that? Do you enjoy it? I'll pass that to you, Olivia. You want to go first? Um, yeah, I enjoy making I love watching like a like the first cut of a video that I've made. I don't know. I love it. I love making my own thing. It's so much fun, but I also like collaborating. One of the things that I miss the most is seeing, you know, you guys every single day. Like there's nothing like it. And I just miss that so much because working by myself, I'm eating lunch by myself. But yeah, I just, I I truly miss being with you guys. And um, it's made my time with you guys so much more valuable because I don't have that all the time now. What about you, would. I would say doing it on my own and I'm not fully doing it on my own, but um, as far as when everything shut down, just like shout out to Olivia, cause she really kind of helped pull me off the floor uh, on the level of like inviting me to do videos for her channel or just like talking about ideas of like next steps um, and really just like sharing your hustler mentality, which is like an awesome level of self-discipline that you have that, that obviously I could work on it myself, but it was good to take a piece of that. Cause it helped me kind of push forward in my own life. Cause I, now I make a lot of stuff with uh, my cousin through marriage, um, my friend Devin. And uh, a lot of the stuff that we do, because he really, really loves like social media content. And I don't mean that as like a knock to anyone at all, but like he really loves like a TikTok format or like, you mm-hmm. know, like a Casey Neistat vlog, which is like, I get those levels, but that's just like, not for me. That's not what I am drawn to. So kind of taking what we do at Smosh and trying to step it into that realm on the level of like, we writers room things. Like we really try to write out jokes. Like with each of these, even if they're so stupid 60 second Mm -hmm. things, like I'm still attempting to put that same process that I learned behind them. And that's what I find so, so rewarding is like the, the bending of the idea and like shaping it into the final sculpture that's giving it too much credit to call it a sculpture but but like a final version that i can wholeheartedly say like these are jokes here's the beats here's why we're doing it whether or not you find it funny like technically on paper this is comedy so i'm going to give myself a little bit of a pat on the back and move on to the next thing yeah so I i've like, learned I like so much part. yeah take like just like the foundations that we've laid you know at our time at smosh mm-hmm. tr- like it translates into normal like life now like freelance creator life is like writing jokes down creating a beat sheet like not just being the actor on set but maybe the actor that also contributes in like various ways from you know I don't know I just think that it was so collaborative where we were and like taking that type of mentality into what I create for myself and with my friends and all of that it's it's really, it's really great. It's such an important tool that I yeah. have. Uh, one big difference would be, I think like you see when we were producing stuff at Smosh, like versus on my own, you see how big the production is. 
Uh, you understand how big the production is and what pieces are required in order to make it. Yeah. But you don't actually experience the hard work that each step has. And each step has like a full plate, even if it's just setting up the lights, even if it's just this, like in order to make the quality product that we do um, at the quality that we do, mm -hmm. which is very, very high quality. Obviously it's not a movie, which is even more intense, mm -hmm. but it takes, it takes a village. And then for us to take a job for a village and condense it down into a smaller crew, done cheaper and more often is really something to be so proud of. Mm -hmm. um, and it's cool to have been a part of that team and still am, but obviously in, in a different capacity. Yeah. I mean, I don't think there's any way that I could, that I could really slice it where it would be perfect because, you know, we want to respect you guys as creators and as friends, but then also business. You just have to find this like weird medium you know, because I feel like we, I mean, we didn't have it right when we were at Defy. I felt there was a lot of complacency when we were there. While there was, while there was still collaboration, I, I think that there just, there were certain things that just weren't really at stake. I don't know. You take more ownership when it's like your channel and your name, you know what I mean? And mm -hmm. like, now that I see it, it was like, it was yours and Anthony's and like, you guys like had to, you know, kind of trust us with something that you guys have built. And now like, freelance life you're like oh we see that like you know there was no driving force because it was kind of like we were employees but not but at the same time it was like it was so weird you know yeah, but like yeah. now it's just like now we're in this like new world with mythical and like it's just it feels more um free and like you feel seen and you feel heard and especially right now is I just feel like there's this new fresh air at Mythical, especially right now during this time, this really important time where there is a lot of racial injustice and there has been. But I feel like at this new space, we're able to talk about it mm -hmm. and people don't get combative. They're willing to listen. And I feel like that was never there at Defy. And I always felt so like I didn't really care for it that much because mm -hmm. I felt like I wasn't seen and really heard and I was kind of like a little bit must misunderstood but now I feel like we're at a place where I feel really safe mm -hmm. and that like I can say things and like voice my concerns and people would respect it mm -hmm. yeah well I'm, I'm glad you feel that way yeah because I think that's I think that's important yeah I mean that's that's kind of the thing you know there there was some people at defy that just weren't great people. And that's not something that I wanted to bring in. Like when we had the chance to do it all over again, like why why create an environment that's going to make other people uncomfortable? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And bring in some old Hollywood sentiments that mm -hmm. we just don't need. I mean, I think that's incredibly important. And I'm a middle-class white suburban boy. My life experiences is a very narrow one. And I want to have a company that has people from from all different backgrounds. Yeah. And um, just even thinking back about some of the things, because it's interesting that we're having this conversation now because I had the same conversation with Sam and a lot of my friends saying, I was saying that, you know, right now there are a lot of people that I'm noticing that, you know, we're not really, we don't really have common ground on our views on racial injustice and all that stuff. And um, I was telling Sam, I was like, you know, I have a lot of new great friends now that I can 
talk openly about these things. And even at work now at Smosh, I feel like everyone is doing so much work and um, everyone's trying to understand and listen. And me and Courtney have great conversations and me and Shane and, you know, it's it's really beautiful. And I was I was saying that so many people that I direct, you know, my, my work relationship, I I feel like you guys, everyone is you know, listening and like caring now. And that's something that not, a, I didn't feel that way at all. Um, there were so many instances, not so many, but I would say there was like a few instances at Defy that really like, I would never let that shit happen ever again, mm-hmm. you know, because now I feel empowered and I know how to stand up for myself. And I know how you guys would also have my back now. And, um, and I remember um, like you and Courtney and Shane, like really told me to stand my ground and not be fearful of what I had to, like what I was feeling. And I remember it, it, that was like even less than two years ago. And I felt so like guilty and bad for making someone else feel bad. But you guys were encouraging me and saying like, dude, we got your back. But even though you guys had no idea what I was feeling inside, just having that like, oh no, we got you, like felt really good. And I feel like that would never happen at Mythical again, you know? I certainly hope not. Yeah. And even if it did, I would be so honest with you guys and like say like, hey, this up. But that's because everyone has created this really safe, open space. And that was just something that was lacking over there. But also I feel more empowered these days and I feel more like. Also, I think it's like it's I mean, the the most important thing is just being completely honest to each other and having those and having those conversations. Like I know that, you know, several months ago uh, you came in, you were in the office and and I mean, I think you had probably like I don't know, you you had like a hour long conversation with with uh, Finity, who was our our head writer, but now he's one of our VPs. But well, you've had like several long conversations, right? I love talking to him. Yeah, but it's like you know because he's he's a great person to talk to. He's very open, he's very yeah. honest, and I think that that's that's so important, like just to get on the on the same page about everything. Yeah, and like forming allies is so important with minorities, you know. Well, because obviously, I, like we're gonna have we're gonna have blind spots. Fidity's from the same place I'm from, like mm-hmm. <laughs> similar upbringing. Like, yeah. it, you know, we we have blind spots, and we can't we can't correct those blind spots without having allies. Yeah, and I think we are so open. Like everyone is so like willing to learn and understand each other in this new environment. It's really beautiful. Like everyone is so kind. Like every person is like truly behind the camera because, you know, in front of the camera, y'all are freaks. <laughs> but I don't know. I feel like everyone behind the camera, just everyone's so nice and sweet and kind. And like everyone's so grateful for each other, too. I just really feel that. It's funny. I went to a protest weeks ago and then I saw Nancy handing out waters by oh, herself yeah. <laughs> on the corner. Nancy yeah. Wood, that's unbelievable. And I'm like, dude, that's like, we all try our best like at work and outside mm. of work. And that's so, so great to see that. Yeah, we fully support that too. Obviously, we have to we have to give people precautions because if they're going to be at a large protest, like mm-hmm. we want them to be safe. And, you know, if they're going to potentially expose themselves mm-hmm. um, to a virus, we want to make sure they don't expose our coworkers. But we, we still encourage the people that work with us to go out and protest if they feel like if they feel like doing that. Ian, I think you've done a really great job of being like You don't I need don't to know. say that. I think there, there's still there's still a lot more work to be done. Um, yeah, but you've definitely stepped up like Yeah, of, you definitely st- I think we 
yeah. has really always like kind of committed to to mm-hmm. being better every day after. But definitely the the switch from defy to mythical mm-hmm. is like not just on a personal level. Now is everyone still trying? Like you said, we have a work and a personal relationship. Everyone's yeah. always trying to make best the both, even if they're not. Yeah. But now it feels like the company itself also wants a, a good relationship with the employees when before they mm. could not have given two shits about who worked for them. Once you signed the contract, that was that was it. Yeah. Yeah. And it wasn't you, obviously, it was the parent company. But I think people don't know this about Ian, but he has like a very natural way of like you're a very good listener. You're like really good at listening to people. And like talking to you is very easy. Therefore, being your friend is also very easy because you're always there to listen. And like, I don't know, you're you're a very good listener and you and you have, I don't know. I don't know. I just think, I think you're a good convert. Well, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, if I could I'm, throw in a compliment, it's, it's acting on information. So like for me, obviously coming in young and not knowing everyone's roles and where they were, like I really didn't realize until like the company was down under that like, like you weren't in those meetings about like what we were going to do next. Like that's not, that wasn't your place. You found out the information and then you told me, you know what I mean? So yeah. like, yeah, to step into this new role, like, I, I don't know. I just very much appreciate that, that yeah. Once told something like you, you just like Olivia yeah. said, seemed to listen. If you weren't aware before you were made aware and now you're doing something about it. Yeah. 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 I mean, look, we, we still have a lot more work to do. I think it's easy for some people to to be looking from the outside and and have you know certain issues with what they see and what they think is going on. There is a lot of work that we've been doing for the past year to try to to try to make changes to Smosh, especially like in regards to who appears on camera. Like we're aware like Smosh is white as fuck. Like this has been a conversation for years and we've sunk thousands upon thousands upon thousands of dollars into trying to not make smosh so white and it's not about like we need we need a black guy and we need an asian guy and we need this and this and that it's not filling out a quota it's like literally like we just want to we want our comedy to to better represent the people that are that are watching and and that's and for me like that's that's been like objective number one since coming back is is trying to find a way to to change that i don't think the work will ever be done but we just we can't stop and we can't get lazy mm-hmm. so yeah still still working on that i think that's that's our biggest that's our biggest hurdle and i mean and you know, now it's all starting to come out with, you know, UCB and and everything like sketch comedy is just a historically white world. Male. Like white male world. Yeah, white male world. It's it's just incredibly so. Would that would this would this sketch comedy world be different if if Saturday Night Live would have hired some different cast 30 years ago and inspired more people to 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 be sketch comedians. I don't know. But it's it's really weird because it is it is like predominantly like age 20 to 35 white male. I like just, you go to any improv. I think like 30 years ago there also wasn't momentum for diversity. People making those decisions, making those casting calls and yeah. w- what they were looking for, what they were seeing were not 
people of color or, you know, minority groups. I think it was a very white seeming. I just, I don't think, and I think maybe that has also kind of made people, my minorities kind of like look at it like, oh, we'll never get a chance. You know, Mm -hmm. what are the chances of us being on SNL? Like 30 years ago, my mom wouldn't have even known about SNL because she was too busy trying to assimilate in America. Right. Um, So there's also that aspect. And then trying to make her kids understand America and making them fit in and working really hard. So, you know, my peers maybe didn't have the aspirations to be a comedian because there were pressures from immigrant parents to do something else. Yeah, like get a real job. Maybe. Yeah, I don't know. It's just, I don't know. I think also what I was going to say is that I remember going to China and there were the first comedies I watched in China were staged sketch comedies in Mandarin. Hmm. And that was very, very cool to me. There's this annual big show that happens around New Year's and it's a bunch of different people. Like they have sets on stage. Everything is live and it's all comedy. And it's like watching a sketch being played out. Yeah. So, and it's part of Chinese culture. It does it does feel like things are changing. Like and and it feels like now now like everybody kind of has the power to put the pressure on entertainment on, you know, like if if people don't think one show is is doing something right, they let them know. <laughs> like it does feel like it's getting better. Obviously, some people will 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 see it as cancel culture, but you know, I think uh, cancel I think culture. It's- man, I I sorry, I just I'm so against that term in my brain because there's yeah. two things happening. One, yeah, you're dealing with consequences. You're not being canceled for anything. You're being dealt the consequence, mm-hmm. whether or not you think it's fit. You're not being canceled. You're getting a punishment. And two, cancer culture didn't start anytime soon. It's been going on for decades and it's been going on for decades. Specifically, how it started was targeting professors on college campuses. Um, basically, if a professor was too liberal or was too this or was too that, really it started as small extremist groups um, and their beliefs, usually very, very religious, very, very this, very, very that. They would basically get students around the country to make hit lists to a degree of where they would then go and protest or write many letters and try to essentially censor someone. Obviously, obviously cancel culture applies to a very large thing because people wanting to um, cancel a celebrity for sexual assault, like that goes beyond cancel, canceling somebody. Like that's not really cancel culture. That's holding somebody accountable for something very heinous. It's called, I just learned something about someone and it made me throw up a little in my mouth. Yeah. They're the worst. I'm yeah. going to tell them publicly because I can. It's a new, it's an, it's a new version. Like this, this kind of cancel culture is new in the way that everybody has the power to, mm-hmm. to get involved. So it seems, it seems like it's the end of the world. It's, it's very easy to feel helpless. It's very easy to feel like you aren't in control and I think it's I think it's so important to to find a couple of things that you can control. Like whether that's um, you know, you donate to a cause you feel strongly about or you donate your time, pick up trash around your neighborhood. Like it's it's something something that you can that you can physically take action on and feel like you do have a little control in making some of the unjust things just, I guess. 
So that's that's all I'll say about that. But we're coming up on our time, y'all. So I'm gonna read off. I'm gonna I'm gonna go. I'm gonna do a shoot, dude, and then we're gonna finish off uh, this podcast where I'm gonna allow Noah one moment to rant, <laughs> and he's gonna get sixty seconds. Like I haven't already used my moment. All right, I'll save well, it for no, the sixty seconds. Th- yeah, think about whatever. Think about what you want to rant about for sixty seconds. Okay, um, thank you. But now I'm gonna do the shoot, dude. 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 About how when you hit 30, you just like, you can't stop like holding back a burp while you're talking. All right. I don't look forward to that. <laughs> uh, this one's from Ciara. My shoot, dude, is the time I gave myself a concussion. Oh, that's something you could relate to, Olivia. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> bad. All right. To set the scene, I have my bed pushed up against the wall. And on that wall is a window. I was laying on my bed trying to take a nap and I was facing away from the wall. To try to get more comfortable, I quickly flipped over onto the other side. I didn't realize how close I was to the wall and slammed my head into the window frame, which is made of wood. Oh! I knocked myself out, but didn't realize it as when I woke up, I just thought I had fallen asleep. Days went by and I had weird headaches, felt nauseated, and my eyesight was off. I went to the doctor and told, uh, and was told I had a concussion. When trying to think of what caused it, the memory of me hitting my head came back. So I literally napped so hard I got a concussion. Later on, I, uh, I later on gave myself one when taking a shower. I dropped my razor while shaving, bent down to pick it up. When I stood back up, I hit the back of my head on oh. the shower head. I hit it so hard, I blacked out for a moment and woke up in the bathtub. And <gasps> Ended up at the doctor again when I was noticing the same symptoms again. And yep, it was a concussion. So yeah, I've given myself two concussions. Oh, shoot, shoot dude. dude. Shoot, dude. I was late on that, but yeah, shoot, dude. <laughs> you relate hard to that, Olivia. Poor thing. That sucks, man. Fuck. I'm just Ugh. imagining the the wood on the window. So that scares me because like my biggest fear is that I hit my head and I mm-hmm. touch it and then there's blood. Ah! You know what I mean? That's yeah. what that feels like to me. Yeah. Shoot, Ugh. dude. Well, Ciara, I hope you're better. Um, wear a helmet wherever you go. And yeah. um, please watch out for shower heads. All the damage was in her house. She needs to baby-proof yep. it. Turn everything to foam. All right, Noah. Um, hold on. I got to get I gotta get 60 seconds on the I'll clock. I'll get a timer? Yeah, you're getting a timer because okay. I'm not letting okay. you go a second over. All right, all right. I was Give so excited. Three, two, one. One, go. I'd like to quickly rant about how the United States of America is and has always been built on racist laws. And this is from the founding of our Constitution and the founding fathers themselves way back in the United States. The 1680s is the first time in any law, specifically in the Americas as well, the term white is used. The term white is used in order to define who white women are allowed to marry, i.e. not black people, not Africans. At the time in the 1680s and before, there were free Africans going around. Some were slaves, some weren't. Some bought uh, bought themselves out of slavery. Doesn't matter their circumstances, but everyone was able to live free because it was the poor classes living under the large classes. In the 1680s, 
The term white was invented in order to separate the poor classes so that they could be divided and conquered specifically in order to control what white women would make love to, i.e. not immigrants, not black people, not poor people. Make it in time. Google it. You had 10 seconds. Look this up. I got 10 seconds. Yeah. 1680s, the beginning of racist laws and the term white. You're not white. You're wherever you're from, wherever you're born and your genetics. Don't call me a color. Boom. Interesting. That is very interesting. Very interesting. I made it. I'll have to ruminate. So yeah. I'll have to ruminate on that one. Yeah, look it up. I can't remember. But what you're. It is. But it's I think. A, but yeah, you're. You're right. A rebellion occurred essentially um, in the 1680s. Uh, oh, yeah. A lot of laws were made in order to squash that. Oh, interesting. A rebellion between the quote unquote white people and the quote unquote non white people. Yeah, it was because like back it was then, rich versus poor. That's yeah. really what it was. Because back even then, non whites like, were in servitude. Italians like weren't considered white people like mm, it was really yeah it's all a mess because they were they were once a discriminated group in the u.s you ever seen gangs yes. in new york oh, oh yeah that's some real shit there you have it folks uh that does it for the smosh cast if you want to send your shoot dude you could send it to shoot dude at uh, how to barb again <laughs> smosh.com that's s-h-o-o-t-d-o-o-d at smosh.com um thank you noah grossman and olivia sway for coming on here and talking to me this is a really this is a really good conversation i love you guys i miss you guys i can't wait to see you guys soon please rate podcast five stars tell noah's gardener to please be quiet oh that's olivia's oh tell olivia's gardener to please be quiet our video comes out on wednesdays on the pod form and fridays on video so you can see our pretty faces can i throw in a a, a shameless plug oh yeah check out oh, my duh, brand yeah, new app introverts it. and extroverts now available on google play in the app store what's that Ooh. end of the plug that's my brand new app it comes out it's out right now we could all play it but it's called introverts and extroverts oh shoot yeah check that out check Thank it you out for letting yeah. me plug that check it out give give that app five stars all right bye guys bye bye y'all